There's something about mirrors that have a tendency to make us feel a little uneasy. Perhaps some of that could be related to self-esteem issues. But if you've ever gazed into one intently for longer than a few seconds, there's an odd feeling that starts to develop within you. It's a feeling of uneasiness. And if you were to continue gazing for a few more minutes, you'd notice how things seem to change. The reflections will distort ever so slightly. And you'll often begin to see things in that reflection that you know aren't there. Strange things, odd shadowy figures in the background. And sometimes you'll see an entirely different person gazing back at you. The mirrors that we are familiar with today are far different than the mirrors of old. The modern day mirror came about in 1835, thanks to German chemist, Gustav von Liebig. Now Gustav is the one who developed the chemical process that easily allowed for a thin layer of silver to be applied to the side of a plate of clear glass. This allowed for a clear, crisp reflection and could be mass produced more efficiently and cheaply than the mirrors of before. Now, Gustus's technique was later refined and now uses aluminum powder for the shiny mirror coating. Many of our attitudes, superstitions, and uneasiness concerning mirrors dates back to ancient times. The first mirrors were made of polished stone, copper, and silver. And because these materials were often difficult to smooth out and polish, the reflections in these mirrors were often dark and distorted, giving an almost unsettling appearance. It probably would have been a little eerie to gaze into, and no doubt would have had an otherworldly and spooky feel to it. During the first century, the Romans began using glass coated in lead for mirrors. The glass was blown in a bubble shape, then trimmed. Now, despite this new technique, the reflections in these mirrors were still of poor quality. They were still often dark and distorted. But this new practice allowed for a simpler means of mirror production, and it allowed everyone not just the wealthy, access to them. Now, everyone in Roman society could have a mirror. And they became quite fashionable. It's from these Roman mirrors where one of our most popular bits of mirror superstition comes from. The seven-year bad luck curse. The Romans, like many others, believed that mirrors were able to entrap the spiritual essence of all that was reflected in them. It was believed that every time a person gazed into a mirror, a small bit of their soul remained trapped inside. So every time you gazed into a mirror, your soul would be less 
and less complete, creating a sort of spiritual vacuum. This vacuum was known to attract negative energies, which could cause misfortune. To counteract this, the Romans believed in something called the seven-year renewal. They believed that every seven years brought about a spiritual renewal. So in essence, your life energy, your spirit, renewed itself during this time. So those bits of your soul that had accumulated in the mirrors over the years would be released. Then your spiritual essence, your soul, would be renewed and once again whole. Now, if you were to break your mirror before that seven-year mark, you would be in big trouble. Those bits of your soul would then be permanently trapped in the mirror. And you, my friend, just shattered your soul, which is certainly not going to be the highlight of one's day. Now, before you crumble in despair, there is still time if you act quickly to undo the damage and save your soul. You must gather all of the shards, every single minuscule piece, and put them all into a fabric bag. Then you must either cast the bag into a fast flowing body of water or bury it in the ground. Now, if this is done, you will be able to counteract the damage and your soul will renew during the next seven year cycle. This means that you will have to wait an extra seven years for this renewal to happen. So for the next seven years, your soul will become even more fragmented, creating a large spiritual vacuum. And this will in turn attract negative energy and misfortune, thus leading to seven years of bad luck until your soul and energy renew. Mirrors have always been seen as more than just vanity. Throughout the world, they have long been associated with magical and spiritual properties. And many believe they are capable of reflecting far more than our image. If we quiet our mind, gaze long enough, the mirror can reflect the shadow soul, the future, and even the spirit realm. Mirrors have often been used as a tool for inner reflection, offering the gazer a reflection into their soul. It's believed that with careful meditation, a person can gaze into a mirror and witness their true self or true nature reflecting back at them. It's a common trope in many fantasy stories, a trope which comes to us from the Greeks. It's a common feature in both mythology and philosophy. Socrates believed that mirrors could be used as a tool for moral and philosophical reflection. He would often urge students to gaze upon their reflections, 
if they thought themselves beautiful, they were encouraged to reflect on ways in which they could become worthy of such beauty. Now, if the opposite held true, and the students thought their reflections to be displeasing, they were encouraged to reflect on ways that they could hide their disgrace through educational pursuits. The mirror was a tool to know thyself. Socrates saw mirrors as a tool for personal growth, going beyond a passive means of reflection and becoming an active means of transformation. He believed the mirror had an energy about it, which allowed one to see the shadow soul, their true nature. This is where the belief came from that demons, and later, thanks to Bram Stoker, vampires, cast no reflection. Mirrors are collectors of both imagery and energy. In China, mirrors were used to capture and store powerful energy, such as that of the full moon. These powerful energies would enchant the mirrors, giving them magical properties. These magic mirrors would be used for a variety of magical purposes, such as manifesting prosperity or even political power. The first emperor of the Qin dynasty, Qin Shi Hong, employed his magic mirror to test the loyalties of those in his service, claiming that the inward qualities of those who gazed into it were revealed to him. It was a common belief world over that mirrors could record what is reflected in them, both images and energies, which could be called forth at any time by a magician. It's this belief that partially inspired the magic talking mirror in the fairy tale, Snow White. The mirror in this story was also supposedly based off of a real mirror. It's known as the talking mirror. It was one of the finest crafted mirrors of the time. It offered the clearest and most true reflection that a mirror then could offer. It was dubbed the talking mirror as its perfect reflection was said to always speak the truth. The mirror was a wedding gift from Bavarian prince Philip Christoph von Erthel to his new wife, Claudia Elizabeth. The couple both had children from previous marriages, Claudia having several daughters and Philip having a daughter of his own. Claudia was said to have been quite a vain and domineering woman, and she clearly had her sights on the throne. She was said to have favored her own children and spent her time attempting to persuade the prince to formally adopt them. Since her children were older than the prince's daughter, it would secure one of them as next in line for the throne. 
Now, Claudia was said to have practiced mirror magic and spent long hours gazing into that mirror, attempting to alter and diminish the energy of the young prince's daughter, often believing that she could feed on that energy, granting her eternal beauty. The woman would also use the mirror as a tool for divination and would use what she saw during those sessions to guide her decisions. Mirrors were indeed looked upon for guidance, and many believed that they could speak truths of what was to come, reflections of the future. The mirror was, and still is, for many a commonly used tool for divination. Catoptromancy, or scrying, is the act of mirror gazing to tell the future. In fact, scrying was a widely employed practice for much of European royalty. Catherine de Domessy, wife of King Henry II and Queen of France from 1547 to 1559, was known to have been dedicated to the art of scrying. She was known to spend hours each night gazing into her magic mirror. Catherine would sit in front of the mirror, deeply gazing into its reflection, while a faint candlelight illuminated the room, casting long dancing shadows on the walls. She would gaze into the mirror, focusing on the hypnotic dark shapes, which would slowly transform and reveal to her messages and glimpses of her and her country's future. Catherine used what she saw during these sessions to help her husband, the king, in attempts to ensure that all measures could be taken for his reign to be successful. England's Queen Elizabeth I also made use of this form of mirror magic. The queen had in her service a royal magician by the name of John Dee. Now Dee was one of Elizabeth's most trusted servants and was held in high regard by the queen and royal court. He was a mathematician, astrologer, and royal advisor on matters of the occult. Dee was employed to create enchantments, healing potions, astrological charts, and for divination services. Now I find the fact that such a person was not only in service of the court, but was also held in such high esteem, quite interesting. You see, Elizabeth I was the one who enacted the Witchcraft Act, which made the art of practicing witchcraft or the occult illegal and often punishable by death. These services, especially those of divination, were seen as an important asset to the queen. Elizabeth's reign was not without its conflicts. There were many out there who plotted against her, and the queen faced multiple attempts on her life. 
the magician served a dual purpose, casting protective spells for the queen and cursing her enemies, and also using his talent for divination to foresee and thus thwart any potential threats. John Dee's most noteworthy self-proclaimed talent was his ability to summon and communicate with angelic beings. The process he used to summon these beings and witness their visions was scrying, mirror magic. He would stare into a dark mirror made of polished obsidian and clear his mind of all thought and enter a deep trance-like state. From there, the beings would appear in the mirror, giving advice and revealing to him scenes from the future. Nostradamus is another well-known name who practiced scrying. He used the method of scrying to help him see into the future and create his famous quatrains. And he too was sought out by royalty to employ his mirror magic. By the 1700s, this form of mirror magic was in decline. And by the mid 1700s, had not only fallen out of fashion, but was almost forgotten. However, in the 1800s, during the rise of spiritualism, magic mirrors experienced a revival of sorts, and scrying came back into fashion. This time, though, the focus wasn't on divination. Scrying was now used as an aid in spirit communication. A medium would sit in a darkened room, illuminated only by the weak flame of a single candle, and gaze into the mirror. Sometimes, an incantation would be said aloud to invoke the spirit. The medium would then seemingly go into a trance-like state. And then, after a few minutes had passed, the reflection in the mirror would begin to change. The images would appear faint and distorted and would soon dissolve into the image of the deceased or the entity being contacted. It's widely believed that mirrors serve as windows or portals to the spirit world. Spirits are supposed to be able to pass through them, even haunting them. Now there are all sorts of stories that go along with the theory that mirrors are some sort of supernatural gateway. And one of my favorite tales about this is the dark mirror. The dark mirror was purchased at an estate sale. Nothing good ever seems to come from those, huh? The dark mirror was just that. It was a scrying mirror. If you ever go to a metaphysical store, you'll notice that scrying mirrors are different than regular mirrors. 
instead of having that shiny metallic coating, a scrying mirror will be completely black. It's supposed to aid in the tapping into the spiritual realm. Well, the woman who purchased it was into this sort of thing, and she thought it was a really lovely piece. So she brought it home and hung it on her wall. She intended to use it for scrying, but as soon as she brought this mirror home, the energy of her house changed. Everything started to seem heavy. The house seemed darker, and she started just to feel a sadness. Well, as time went on, as the woman used the mirror for scrying, she encountered a spirit, and the spirit wasn't exactly a nice one. It would force her to continue scrying every day. It would whisper things into her ears at night, and it seemed to take over her life until the point where she was afraid that she was becoming possessed. Well, months had passed, and the woman had barely left her home, and her daughter was becoming incredibly worried about her. So one day, her daughter went over to the home to check on her mother. And when she came inside the house, she was terrified by what she saw. The house was in complete disarray. It almost looked as if her mother had turned into some sort of hoarder. There was trash everywhere that hadn't been taken out. The house smelled horrible. And when she walked down the hall, she found her mother curled up in the fetal position on the floor of her room. When the daughter ran up to her mother to see what was wrong, the mother started crying and told her that the mirror wouldn't let her leave the house. The mirror was controlling her and that she was very afraid. Now the daughter was a skeptic. She was not a believer in anything paranormal. So she wrote off what her mother was saying. She figured her mother had some sort of breakdown or even possibly a stroke. So the daughter took the mother and drove her to the hospital to have her checked out. Meanwhile, the daughter went back, grabbed that mirror, wrapped it up in a towel, stuffed it in a box, and took it home with her. Well, after the mirror had left the house and the mother finally went home, everything in the house changed. The house felt lighter and happier and the mother felt better than she had in months. The daughter, on the other hand, was not having such a good time. She too started experiencing the same things, a heaviness in the house, a dark feeling, a sadness, and voices, scary voices, saying things that she did not want to hear. Now, knowing what had happened to her mother, the daughter panicked and she called in a paranormal investigator. Now, when this investigator heard the story, he immediately realized that they were dealing with some sort of cursed or haunted object. And he took this mirror out of the house and eventually gave it to a paranormal or haunted object museum. So it does seem that mirrors can attract things. And sometimes these things will stay in the mirrors and torment the people who gaze into them. And it's said 
that if you gaze into a mirror in a darkened, candlelit room, any spirits residing in that residence will then reveal themselves to you. You can also call upon and summon particular spirits to you this way as well. For this type of scrying, candles are a necessity, as fire is the element for spirit and reveals the unseen. There are a lot of superstitions, folklore, and urban legends that go along with this particular scrying practice. Many believe that manifesting a spirit using this form of mirror magic opens the door for and attracts negative entities. One superstition is that if one gazes into a mirror at night by candlelight, they will see the devil looking back at them. Now, if that reminds you of the Bloody Mary legend, you are spot on, as this did indeed evolve from that particular devil-gazing superstition. In the dark, a girl stands in front of the bathroom mirror, her two friends standing sheepishly behind her. Go on, they urge her. Say it. The girl takes a deep breath, gazes into the mirror, and slowly repeats the words. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Then all is still and quiet for a moment, until one of the girls lets out a blood-curdling shriek, and the three of them run out of the room squealing. Later, once they've reached the bedroom, they excitedly recount to one another the startling event that occurred. These girls were playing the popular sleepover game, if you want to call it that, Bloody Mary. The legend goes that if you stare into a mirror at night, or at least in the dark, and repeat the words Bloody Mary three times over, then gaze into the mirror, you will see the spirit of Bloody Mary herself gazing back at you. From there, the stories differ on what's supposed to happen next. Some say that the spirit just stares back at you with a forlorn expression on its face. Others say that the spirit will leave three scratches on your face if you gaze into the mirror long enough. While some stories even have it that the spirit will come out of the mirror and either haunt the person or try to grab them, take their soul back into the mirror with it. Just about everyone is familiar with the story to one extent or another. But have you ever wondered where that story came from? What exactly started the Bloody Mary mirror legend. The really interesting thing about the Bloody Mary legend is that it's a mixture of the stories of several different real people from history. 
it's not clear exactly who the Bloody Mary that supposedly peers back at us today really is. But here are the tales of some of the real women this legend centers around. Queen Mary I. History's true Bloody Mary. The history of Queen Mary is honestly a sad and tragic one. Queen Mary took the throne in 1553 at the age of 37. The years previously to that, she had lived a life of exile, separated from her mother and publicly rejected by her father, Henry VIII. Mary took a husband shortly after taking the throne and was hoping to be able to receive the love that she had so desperately wanted during her life from him. But he also rejected and wanted little to do with her. Now, the one thing that Mary wanted more than anything was to have a child. She wanted it so badly that she actually developed what is known as a phantom pregnancy. That's when the mind tricks itself into thinking it's pregnant and all the physical symptoms that go along with it begin to manifest. This happened to poor Mary several times, even though she knew that she was unable to have children. Near the end of her reign, Mary sought to unify England under one religion, Catholicism. At the time, England was mainly divided into two warring religious factions, the Protestants and the Catholics. Now, Mary was a devout Catholic and thought that it was her calling to unify England under Catholicism. So when the religious leaders of the time presented her with the Unification Proclamation, which was to help bring people back to the faith, she happily signed. But what Mary didn't know was the way that they had planned to set about doing this. People were forced to adopt Catholicism and many Protestants, including children, were killed, often being burned alive at the stake. And because of this, the public soon referred to her as Bloody Mary. Even though she had no idea that the proclamations she signed meant mass murder, especially murder of children. Most of the Bloody Mary mirror legends that involve Queen Mary specifically involve a few more phrases. In these, the person stands in front of the mirror and says, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, I stole your baby away. To which she's supposed to appear behind you, holding out her arms. Elizabeth Bathory, the Blood Queen. 
Now her name isn't Mary, and she was never ever called such, but many believe the Bloody Mary legend has its roots in the story of one of the most evil and narcissistic women to have ever lived. The story of Elizabeth Bathory is a pretty horrid and gruesome one. Elizabeth was obsessed with her looks and lived in absolute fear of getting older and those pesky wrinkles that happened to come with it. Elizabeth came up with her own sort of magical ritual, which she believed kept her youthful and restored her beauty. How she went about this is truly unthinkable. She would literally bathe in the blood of young women that she had killed for that purpose. Now that sounds incredibly horrid, but here's kind of the gruesome thing about that time in history. It was often believed that blood contained the life force, the life energy of that person. So if you were to drink their blood, you would be getting their life energy, which was supposed to have medicinal and restorative properties. So often at beheadings, they would collect the blood of the beheaded and it would often be passed out, sometimes even sold. They thought it could cure a wide variety of diseases, everything from mental illness to birth defects, even to cure epilepsy. Now, despite all of that, you have to know that Elizabeth Bathory was truly a horrible piece of garbage who believed that bathing in the blood of the youthful would keep her looking young. She killed people just so she could keep her beauty. Pretty horrible. Her horrible practices were eventually found out and she was put to death by being sealed up in a room that they literally built a wall over the door. In the versions of the Bloody Mary legend that involved the spirit coming out of the mirror and scratching the person, that is the spirit that many believe is being conjured, Elizabeth Bathory. For this one, it's said that the spirit is still trying to get the blood of the youthful. Mary Worth, the Dark Witch. Mary Worth was said to be a witch who practiced black magic. The legend has it that Mary was a recluse, living alone in a cabin deep within the woods. Many say that when Mary was first encountered by the locals, that she was an old, haggard, withered-looking woman. However, as the town began building up around Mary's cabin, strange disappearances began happening. Children began to go missing. And as time went on, the locals began to notice a change in Mary's appearance. She was no longer haggard and appeared more beautiful. It's said that eventually some men from the town decided to sneak over to her cabin one night and investigate. There, 
they saw her performing some sort of dark ritual. It was said that the next day, a posse was assembled and headed out to arrest the witch, who was eventually burned alive at the stake. In some stories, the town that grew around this woman was none other than Salem. And she was executed there for witchcraft. In other versions of the story, she lived just outside of Chicago. Now, the thing about the story of Mary Worth is that I really can't find any concrete evidence that any such person ever actually existed. But the folklore on this one runs pretty deep, which leads me to believe that, like most folklore, it probably has roots in the arrest of a real woman who many thought to be a witch. In the Bloody Mary mirror legends associated with Mary Worth, the person stares into the mirror while saying either, I believe in Bloody Mary, or I believe in Mary Worth. After which, the spirit of Mary will appear with giant hollow eyes. And if you stare deep into those hollow eyes for long enough, it's said that she will either drain your energy or steal your soul. The true origins of the Bloody Mary mirror legend is a hard one to crack, and it seems to be more of a modern bit of folklore. I cannot find any real reference to the Bloody Mary mirror before the 1960s. Now, it is true that if you stare into a mirror in a dark room long enough, you will actually see some pretty strange stuff. If you're gazing in the mirror, staring at yourself, you'll see your facial features seem to melt away. And sometimes you'll even see strange things staring back at you. There's even a scientific name for this. It's called the Caputo effect, also known as the strange face illusion. It's a form or consequence of something called the disassociative identity effect, which causes the brain's facial recognition system to misfire. So you see strange things in the mirror. That is the reason why so many different cultures throughout history felt mirrors to be some sort of supernatural gateway. <laughs> 